This week on Right Now, so you've seen through the lies, but what next? Neuroscientist and author Dr. Christopher Shaw is on the line to talk about the recent uptick in neurological diseases. To watch the full episode, including Food Forest Abundance CEO Jim Gale, filmmaker Todd Harris and Dr. Stephen Malthouse, click onto iconic.com to start a free seven-day trial. Dr. Christopher Shaw is a Canadian neuroscientist whose research focuses on Lou Gehrig's disease. Chris did an undergraduate degree in biological sciences at the University of California and then a master's in medical physiology at the Hebrew University and a PhD in neurobiology at the same institution. Chris is the author of over 150 peer-reviewed articles, numerous book chapters and edited books and has authored two books on neurological diseases and one on vaccine controversies. Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for joining us. We've just been well, speaking... We've just been speaking about Uninformed Consent, the film that you've obviously contributed to. So you, you, you've written a book on, on vaccine controversies. Um, what connections have you seen between vaccines, particularly the COVID vaccine, and, and, and neurological issues? Well, so far we, we have, we've seen a few things in the phase trials that were disturbing, such as the cases of Bell's palsy, such as the uh, you know, a, a range of neurological symptoms. Many of them were not particularly severe, but the concern when you have any kind of neurological condition is that it's going to develop into something later on that could be quite severe. And I think we're beginning to see the, the beginning edge of that where uh, a lot of the things that were assumed to be trivial, for example, myocarditis, various other, other kinds of things are not trivial at all. And so when you involve brain inflammation and where you're getting some of these particles into brain, I think you can anticipate that down the, down the road, you're going to have some problems. And that's my main concern. Is this something that would develop over time within, within a, a person or, or is it a case of, you know, with the, your added booster shots on top of that twice a year or whatever, that it can become accumulative? I think it's going to become cumulative. And I think, you know, most neurological disorders that I study, at least, neurologic disease and, and some others, and, and, and autoimmune diseases, which are related in some ways, often take years to develop. And so the concern is, especially now when you're giving it to young children, and you have this interval before they start to experience the, 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 the symptoms of neurological disorders, that that could be very, you know, when it finally catches up with you, it could be quite severe. And that's, that, again, that's my primary concern, that is we're, we're building a wave of neurological conditions that we won't be able to treat that will pretty much put us in a, in a, in a very, uh, very hard place as a society for how to treat or attempt to treat all the injured people. See, when I, I speak to yourself and I've speak, spoke to people like Dr. Peter McCulloch in the past and others that are, are speaking out and they're doing it from a point of view of someone needs to say something because, you know, this is, this is worrying, there's a worrying trend. Why do you, do you feel that a lot of the, the medical establishment is, is kind of almost sitting on its, its heels a little bit in this and not really speaking out? I, I think there, there's there's a historical trends. I think the way much of the medical establishment is trained is that vaccines cannot possibly do any harm, and therefore that must apply to COVID as well. And that's simply not true. First of all, it's not a traditional vaccine, and it, it, it's very it's it's very different from in, it, in the, the platform and how it's formulated and kind of so far the, the level of impacts. But that that training carries over. It's almost impossible for many many classically trained to think that vaccines can do harm, and it's not true. It's never been true. But it's definitely not true with the COVID vaccines. So you have a kind of institutional refusal to look at things that are happening right in front of their faces. Have you faced any backlash at all for, for speaking out? Because it's almost kind of, you know, people, I know a lot of people get attacked for, for speaking out. 
Well, I, I, I have been attacked by for speaking out, and certainly, you know, my university is not happy with what I say. Um, I should mention to your listeners that I'm on unpaid leave because I wouldn't take the vaccines myself. And it was required, even though I, do, I don't see patients and I'm not in a, in a setting where patients patients come and go. Uh, nevertheless, they made a requirement that everyone take the, take the, the jab, and I, I refuse. So you're, you're, you're speaking to a on-leave university professor, so to speak. And is there a timescale on that? Or is this a case of... No, there's not. It's, it's, well, we'll keep you here until we basically process you out. So it's, it's, I'm basically waiting for my, my uh, termination letter from the university. That's and this insane. has happened to academics across the North, North, across North America, and I suspect in Britain as well. You have oh, a almost, case already. Almost certainly, yeah. You have a case of, it's, it's, it's not a COVID case, but uh, Chris Exley, uh, the, leads, the world's leading ex, expert on um, aluminum biochemistry, got uh, basically forced to get out of Keele University uh, about a year ago. What, what was his crime for the same thing? His, his crime was he actually told the truth about aluminum and health, and he ran afoul of two industries. One was uh, the aluminum industry, and the second was the pharmaceutical industry. And that seemed to be too much for Keele University to tolerate. So they made, made sure he could not receive any money to do research. So is that what a lot of this comes down to then, is, is money? That you would just go, do you know what, we, we, the pharmaceutical industry, I'm, I'm guessing, kind of funds a lot of these projects, a lot of these, um, you know, th these grants come from them. So actually, we don't, we're not going to give you any money if, if this doctor is employed by you. Is that the, the, the way it works? It, 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 basically the way it works. Uh, they, you know, you're, you're, you're basically messing with their corporate bottom line, and they don't like it. And I understand they don't like it. Uh, but the problem is that universities have gone along with it because so much of them, you know, their, their financial revenues come from that, uh, come from money from the pharma. You know, you've heard the expression regulatory capture and regulatory capture is where the pharmaceutical industry may mostly dictates to the medical medical establishment what it is and it is not good practice. And it certainly dictates to universities. And, you know, with, with regulatory capture, they also get a lot of drugs and a lot of procedures uh, at, at fire sale prices because universities sell them off quite actively. You know, people like me come up with the discoveries. University, I don't, but I don't own them. University does. The university sells them to the pharma. That's pretty typical. So knowing that, you you still go and you take part in uninformed consent and you speak out. That that took real courage to do that. Well, I, I don't know if it was courage or stupidity, but you know, at some point you get you get fed up with what's going on. And at some point you look in the mirror and say, I, you know, how am I going to talk to my children today if I don't do the right thing? And the right thing is speaking out about what I think is a massive crime that's been, you know, for, that humans have been exposed to all over the world. And if you don't, if you don't speak out now, you're never going to. And that's sort of my bottom line. Well, I, I, I appreciate you speaking out. I'm sure everyone at home appreciates you speaking out as well. Do, do, you, do you think that the people that have committed these crimes will, will ever be brought to justice, you know, there will ever be a full investigation into what's happened over the last two years. And, you know, that's that's really the question that keeps a lot of us awake. You know, you know, we want we want the the restrictions and the second class citizenships and the medical experimentation on humans to end, obviously. But, but the second tier is that we want the people who are responsible to be brought to justice. Will that happen? I guess it depends how many people demand it. If people are happy just to go back to normal when they release the re regulations slightly and say, well, OK, you know, no harm, no foul, we're done, then no. If uh, other other voices are heard um, uh, and, and where people are saying, look, the, the actual crimes were committed, this was not just, oops, this was malfeasance on a massive level. 
then I think I think it should happen, and I and I hope people will demand that. I think there should be justice for. for and we're talking about in Canada, we're talking about justice for the vaccinated. Think of all the people who've been vaccinated who are having having various kinds of health issues now, and will always have health issues. So they need they need justice too, and justice has to be served by holding those accountable. Absolutely. And I think it's about coming together as well, which is maybe where, where, where that kind of whole divide between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. So, you know, almost divided society, split people apart on purpose. I can kind of see them coming together a little bit now. I think, I don't know if that's something you've seen as well, but I can see it. I, you know, I, I, I see it and I really hope you're right. But I think, I think the, those who engineered the Great Reset and this uh, pandemic, really, you know, the, the fracturing serves their purposes. This is something that allows them to further an agenda. And the agenda is to break society and to re reconstitute society in, in Klaus Schwab's vision, not in the vision that most of us hold. And, and fracturing society, fracturing families, fracturing relationships, uh, friendships, um, you know, even, even intergenerational relationships, I think is accomplishes a purpose because people are isolated and people feel you know, when they're isolated, they don't know what they're going to do, and they just go along. And I think that's very much the intent. Absolutely. And I, I've, I've seen it myself. I've seen so many friendships and marriages dissolve over this in the last three years, almost two, almost uh, two and a half years. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree. And I think that's where the protests played a part because they brought people together. People kind of found their tribe. And, and doctors like yourself speaking out has been massively important to people. So we, we really appreciate that, and, and we're looking forward to seeing the, the film when it comes out. I appreciate that. The film is great. I hope you enjoy it. It's it's really, it takes you know the kind of thing I do is I you know I, I battle you know in part of some some of the groups I'm with we battle science for for bogus science. In other words, we we're always you know, responding to the public health officer here in, in our you know in our various provinces in our country. Todd Harris does something very different. Instead of playing whack a mole with facts and figures, he he basically captures the heart of of the issue. People, real people, are being hurt by these measures and by the restrictions, by the mandates, by the lockdowns, and by the, the forced vaccination. And that's important to remember. There's real people that are, are, that are, are being impacted and suffering. And you know, that, that's really where, it, where I think the film captures the emotions of people to see that this is not just an academic exercise where you know, I'm debating with our public health officer whether, about, whether these st statistics or that graph are correct or not. So I think Harris has done, this, uh, done a remarkable job. That's great. That's great. And hopefully by looking at that, people will basically never let this happen again. I think that that's also something to take away from it. Ideally, they'll never let it happen again. And they sure, certainly won't let it happen to their children. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure.